0: Now, back to your tech report.
1: Welcome back to your tech report. Marco Flallow and Mitchell Whitfield with you. Follow along on Twitter. It is at your tech report. Facebook.com slash your tech report. Of course, our YouTube channel, YouTube.com slash your tech report. Mitchell, if you've been to our YouTube channel, you I know have. that our friends over at Samsung uh, what they did such a great job this year. I, I've already had some time with the Note 8, which is really, really cool, which gets me even more excited for this interview.
2: Yeah, and this is one of those devices. And listen, there's so many phones coming out throughout the year that I know for a lot of people, oh, it's another device, but I've never thought of the Note line as another device. They've done things so differently, and it's been so embraced by a huge part of the community that I get excited, and I'm so excited, Mark, more importantly, more than anything, that this device is back, and it's back strong.
1: So I want to welcome our guest, Mark Childs, Chief Marketing Officer over at Samsung Electronics Canada. You've been here before. Welcome back. How are you feeling this week?
3: I'm feeling uh, great, if a little tired, and uh, thanks for having me back.
1: <laughs> this is, you know, this is one of those times, Mark, where, um, you know, you've, you've spent the week traveling, obviously, Canada. You started it off in New York for the Impact event. You know, for those of our listeners who, obviously, everybody knows the Note 8 was announced. For those who didn't have an opportunity to watch that event unfold, visually, it was one of the most stimulating keynote experiences I've ever seen, and I was not there. What was it like to be there?
3: Well, to be at any unpacked is pretty incredible, but uh, the Note 8 unpacked was was something else. I mean, the stage set up first and foremost had such visual impact. The floors and the walls were all part of a large screen, so literally the presenters uh, were actually showcasing the Note 8 on a living screen. Um, And then on top of that, you know, uh, I think one of the keys was that we actually had you know, Samsung Note fans uh, live in the audience. So it wasn't just a media event. It was actually a consumer event. And, and that had, you know, a, a level of energy that we, we haven't seen before.
2: You know, you just touched on something I was going to bring up. But the the excitement from the fans, from the consumers that want and love this device and have been supporting this device for so long, coming off of last year and everyone knows what, you know, what happened. We're not going to go into that here and now. But coming off of that, did you was there something special in the air that people were so excited that the note not only came back but came back so strong? The reaction, it's not something you typically see for a device like this. It was really kind of special.
3: Well, I think, I mean, ever since 2011, when we launched uh, the Note series, I mean, the, the fans for the Note uh, uh, s- uh, smartphone, uh, you know, are probably some of our strongest advocates, and, and we heard right. from them, you know, at Unpacked, uh, and this truly is, you know, the next level Note, um, and, you know, there's a whole, whole bunch of uh, benefits and, and features that, that really are striking. I'm sure we'll t- chat about a couple of those, uh, but they re- it really did land with a great impact.
1: You know, uh, this phone, I've had hands-on time, which is very, it's, it's number one, it's rare because it's its hard to get this device in hands of people, especially before it launches. So thank you very much for making that happen. Um, in your hands, this does not feel like a big device. Yet, in all aspects, from software to hardware, this is absolutely what you'd call a flagship device. How much time goes into to creating something like this to the point where you're like, okay, it's ready?
3: Well, I think, I think what you see in the Note 8, as I just said, the next level Note, is a finessing of, of the Note um, smartphone uh, and building on some of the real strengths, particularly the Infinity display that you saw uh, launched early this year with the Galaxy um, S8. So I think it really is finessed. I mean, as you say, um, it's a 6.3-inch display, which gives just incredible cinematic experience if you're watching content, productivity if you're using it, but it just perfectly fits in your hand. It's almost hard to believe that it could be further perfected.
2: Now, when you guys first made, you know, talk about about 2011 when you launched the first note device, when you guys did this, you guys really broke the mold and went for something that people thought was not going to happen. You guys made a device with a stylus that many people thought, oh, who needs that? But you basically created this new category that now people can't be without. Do you find that every year now moving forward when you come out with a new note device, it's going to almost be hard to one up yourself because you guys set the bar so high every year with new features?
3: Well, I think the S Pen is definitely one of the distinctive uh, features for the Note Series, but particularly the Note 8. I mean, one of my favorites, um, having, you know, like you, uh, had the chance to use the Note 8 over the last couple of weeks, um, is the always-on display. The minute you take out the S Pen, even if the device is turned off, you can start taking notes. And now you can take up to 100 pages. So if you think about a business environment or, or, or even a personal environment, you don't need to disrupt that space that you're in. You can just start jotting down notes um, and you can keep those notes um, either in in the app or on in the always-on display. So if you, let's say you're grocery shopping. You, you've got that list right there in front of you without having to turn on the device. It really is phenomenal.
1: I'll take that a step further, Mark. And when you're in a pool, because everything is now waterproof and you have a thought, you can get out and start taking notes immediately. Whereas, you know, previously, touchscreens were not really that usable in a pool.
3: That's right, and I I have to be honest with you, I I, I just came back from uh, the Northwest Territories up in Canada in Yellowknife. And uh, with, with a number of uh, our ambassadors to, again, have them have a chance to experience the phone. And, you know, you, you, I dipped the phone literally deep into the Cameron River. Um, uh. And it is the clearest water, first of all. So not only can you actually use the phone when it's wet, you can also use the S Pen when it's wet. But in those clear waters, you could actually take uh, video and shots of yourself through the water um, up above the, the shore
2: incredible. That's, in, that's incredible. You know, speaking of the S pen, I, now you got us on a roll here. I got a call from Mark completely when we weren't doing the show, just off the air, just two buddies talking. He's like, dude, I went to walk away. I had the note in my pocket. I went to walk away and on the screen, it reminded me that I left the S pen behind. So immediately when I got <laughs> out of range of the S pen, it told me he thought this, and you know what you, it, it, it seems like a small detail, but it's a big deal because people worry about losing these things. You guys even found a creative way of making sure people don't lose their S pen.
3: And, and you don't want to use it because it is, is truly, you know, the gateway to many many amazing things that you can do on the on the Note Eight. I mean, the new Live Message function, you know, enables you to custom create messages with your own handwriting that animate, and you can, and, and you basically can create your own gifts and send them. So it just brings a new levity as well as incredible functionality.
1: You know, Mark, we we went over obviously all the new features last week on the show. That's why we're not going to dive into all of them right now okay. with you. Um, but, but we're I'm more than happy to talk about all of them. Trust me, and and one. Of them in particular is that camera and you talk about not only using it underwater but the camera system on this device rivals absolutely every camera i've ever used including a 4k dslr that i use on a daily basis not only in the quality but in the software evolution the ability to take photos um, and manipulate them afterwards brings a whole new level of level of capturing your memories
3: well, it, it does, and I think, you know, the first thing is the dual camera with the um, optical image stabilization, you know, it, it basically kind of will blow you away in terms of not just the shots you can capture, but the memories ultimately you, that you get to keep. You know, one of my favorite, um, it, you know, being away up in, uh, in, in Yellowknife was, uh, was exploring the live focus feature. Yeah. I mean, you now can take photographs where you can either in setting up the photograph or after you've taken the photograph – um, you know basically custom uh, create the degree of blur that you want on that photograph, and the images look like they 're professional shots, thanks to the dual camera and the two time optical uh, uh, zoom lens and DSLR technology. It really is phenomenal. The shots we captured up there of the northern lights um, and uh, and surrounding uh, landscape was just incredible
2: now if i 'm not mistaken is this is this is the first time that we 've ever seen a camera on a phone that has two that has the two lenses that both have optical image stabilization, correct? It's never been done before.
3: So, so it's it's uh, one of the cameras has two times optical, the other has ten times uh, digital zoom. Okay. Um, but the pictures that you're capturing are, are using both the lenses each time. Gotcha. So you can come back and check out, you know, both uh, the close-up and the wider shot of those pictures.
1: So something I find interesting, which is uh, something that people don't mention a lot, is there are so many features across the board that uh, that we'll discover, that as you use a device like this, we discover. And one of the features was the fact that this has gigabit LTE and gigabit Wi-Fi, which... You don't necessarily think would make a big difference, but in areas, uh, Mitchell, you're not going to experience this much in the US, but in Canada, we have a really, really good wireless network. We, yeah, pay, I know. we, pay, we pay for it, but the speeds are <laughs> absolutely insane. And when comparing it to other devices, whether it be the, even the Note 7, the fan edition, or you know other iOS devices, it blew me away in terms of the speed mark. And, and, and this is something that's going to evolve because as our networks increase, this phone is already ready for it.
3: Yeah, I, th- I think performance on the Note 8, you know, really is standout. I mean, yes, from, you know, how you're receiving, you know, the, the messages and the content that you're uh, interacting with, but, he, but the device itself has, you know, with its six gigs of RAM and the <laughs> 10 nanometer processor, it just performs almost, you know, uh, as well as, as you might expect a, you know, an entry level home computer to do. It, it really is fast and efficient.
1: The, the, uh, the other thing that kind of blew me away, and I want to ask you a question, actually, and I, I think I prepared you for this one. I had, I had them send this to you ahead of time, which is if there was a couple features, whether they're publicized features or features that we're going to discover as using the phone, that you'd be like, oh, my God, I can't believe it does that. And I think live focus is probably one of those. What would some of those be?
3: Well, it, for sure, you know, having spent the week away, uh, I would say is life focus, and, uh, and the ambassadors that we were working with certainly uh, were blown away by the quality of images we can, we can now take with our smartphone. I think the, 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 the other, um, you know, breakaway experience for me using the Note 8 is 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 quite frankly the the, the Samsung Dex uh, docking station. Um, you know this is an incredible desktop experience that basically takes content from your uh, Galaxy Note 8 and transforms it to a desktop experience on an HD monitor. And it really has to be experienced to believe. I mean, this really is now, you know, a reality that we can leave our desktops behind. And, you know, the performance of uh, of the Note 8 with the Dex docking station is just, it, it really does stand out.
2: Mark, just sort of big picture. I think we've entered a time where we've seen <clears throat> so many companies, not Samsung, but so many other companies that we won't mention are trying to do things similar to what other companies are doing rather than innovate, try to sort of, you know, tow the company line and do things, do, do, do what everyone else is doing. You guys have totally gone away from that approach. You're doing something that other people now are starting to follow. And I think the note line is a great example of that. Do you feel, feel that the note line in the future can sort of be your platform for putting in different features? your stuff that no one has ever seen before
3: well, I think as, a, as an organization and as a brand, I think we're always, you know, pushing those boundaries of, of, of what potentially can't be done. And I think, you know, when I think about this next level note, the Note 8, you know, it really is, you know, the culmination of our best innovation. And it really is now a smartphone that's not just with us each and every day. But, you know, as I've experienced uh, this last week myself, and as you've experienced with Hands On, it's enabling us and, and even inspiring us to do bigger things and reach further. So, uh, you know, I, I think it's great to be a leader uh, i think this you know galaxy note 8 is a leader um it, it was the pioneer of larger phones you know just a short while ago um and you know this for me uh, and i think you know for anyone that gets to experience it is is just uh, an incredible uh, piece of innovation and technology
1: mark can we talk about pricing and, and kind of availability for a second because i know you can pre-order it now when are people going to actually experience it in their own hands
3: well, uh, the launch date is uh, September fifteenth, and so uh, we're currently, um, you know, uh, open with uh, pre-orders, um, you know, uh, for uh, for Canadians uh, and Americans alike. So, um, you know, it's a it's a great uh, you know great time to sort of get involved. There's some great opportunities to. To uh, take advantage of a uh, you know a, a, an entry level part promotion to uh, here in Canada you know get a bonus Samsung wireless charger convertible which certainly makes you know uh, using this on the go you know absolutely uh, a great opportunity and uh, a 128 gigabit micro SD card which again takes advantage uh, full advantage of, of of the expandable memory on, on the Note 8.
1: Now I know south of the border there was a uh, there was a program in place or there is a program in place for people who owned the Note 7. Is that going to be replicated in Canada?
3: We are working on that right now, okay. and uh, we will have some some news on that um,
1: in a very short while. Awesome. Well, we'll, we'll be sure to share that with our listeners. Mark Childs, uh, CMO of Samsung Canada, thank you so much for joining us. We can't wait to talk to you again because, you know, there's as much as we think there's no way to further innovate, it's going to happen, and it's going to happen in a short time
3: and we, we believe that innovation always goes beyond the boundaries of what we know today so I, I can't wait to come back to you
1: Thank you Mark, still to come on this week's edition of Your Tech Report, TomTom Tom has an update to the wearables line, we're going to talk to someone at TomTom Tom all about those updates plus lots more to come, it is Your Tech Report he is Mitchell Whitfield, I am Mark Aflalo follow along on Twitter, it is at Your Tech Report Facebook.com slash Your Tech Report and don't forget YouTube, YouTube.com slash Your Tech Report where you get to choose the giveaway
0: There's more Your Tech Report after The latest news, the newest products, the biggest names. Welcome to Your Tech Report. Online at yourtechreport.com. Join Mitchell Whitfield and Marco Flalo for the next hour of Your Tech Report.
1: And you can join us on Twitter. It is at yourtechreport, facebook.com slash yourtechreport. Head over to our YouTube channel. It's youtube.com slash yourtechreport. We're giving you the chance to uh, get in on our giveaway we don't know what we're giving away. If you head over to YouTube.com slash Your Tech Report, there's some really cool products provided to us by our friends over at Best Buy. It's your opportunity to decide what we're going to give away. So uh, check that out and
2: uh, and say hi to Mitchell Whitfield. I'm Hello, Mitchell Yeah, you did it at the same time I did. It, I mean, I think this is really cool. We've never done a you choose the giveaway kind of giveaway, which I think is a blast to do because you have different products and different categories and people get to pick what they want the most. And I, it's really letting the people choose. And isn't that the ultimate form uh, of gifting the audience, letting them choose what they get?
1: We've got some really, really big giveaways coming before the end of this calendar year. Well, so let's stop right really, there. Pe- let's, really I mean, we can't emphasize giveaways. enough. We've
2: said, we've said big giveaways before, Mark. These are without a doubt, maybe the most exciting we've ever done. Yeah. The two that we have coming up in the next few months are two of the biggest and I think people are gonna go absolutely nuts.
1: And let's let, to say. those of you who have not seen what we've given away in the past, DJI Spark <laughs> Apple Watch, um, some really cool headphones, lots of really cool stuff. Anyhow, welcome to this week's edition of Your Tech Report, a very cool show lined up for you. Last week, we talked about the Galaxy Note 8 unveil. This week, we're going to talk to the CMO of Samsung Canada, Mark Childs. He's going to talk all about his experience with the Galaxy Note 8 and all the excitement that's going on there. I've had hands-on opportunity. Check out youtube.com slash I cannot speak YouTube.com <laughs> slash your tech report. You can see my uh, my first look at the Galaxy Note 8, which is a very, very cool device. But the biggest announcement this week on top of all this is that Apple has unveiled that September 12th is the date that we're going to see the unveil of their next generation iPhone and probably an Apple Watch and probably an Apple TV. Who knows what to expect? We will find out on, uh, on the 12th, which is about a
2: week and a half away. Yeah, and, and I think what everyone is hoping for after that is that Apple, you know, holds holds to their tradition, which is, you know, they make the announcement on what, what, what day of the week is it going to be? A Tuesday, I believe. Tuesday
1: or? Of the 12th, so a week Tuesday after. Tuesday the 12th, uh, and they
2: usually do, Tuesday. you know, a week and a half later, usually a week from that, you know, Monday, which is 10 days later, they normally release the device they're talking about. So people are hoping, because we've heard a lot of things, Mark, that there may be, obviously, you know, they're not going to be a lot of these. People have to get in early if they want the iPhone 8. Same thing every uh, year. But... Yeah, so, I mean, but hopefully, you know, we're not going to see the delay that everyone talked about early on that we will see a 10-day later actual release date. We'll know soon enough.
1: We will know soon enough. Uh, Star Wars Force Friday was uh, just yesterday or a couple days ago, depending on when you're listening to this show. Right. All the brand new toys, but the toy, okay, there's two toys. <sighs> okay, there's two toys that excite me, okay? <laughs> I'll let you talk about the one that you talked about off air, okay? Okay, okay, sure. But before I get to that one, there is a brand new Millennium Falcon Lego edition. This is going to be what? an exclusive edition. Oh, you haven't seen this? No. Okay, 7,500 pieces. It includes about a dozen characters, and it's oh going to retail gosh. for $899 Canadian. <laughs> okay, now this is one of these toys that you're like, okay, that's an astronomical <laughs> price to pay for a piece of Lego. That That's just not even normal. But right. to those collectors out there, they're going to be like all over this. I looked at my wife, I'm like, do you think my son, Zach, can actually, uh, you think he can handle 7,500 pieces? She okay. looks at the five hundred ones, like oh yeah, easy, a thousand, no problems, seventy five hundred. I'm like, hmm. <laughs> well,
2: no, no, I, don't, I think I don't think Zach is. First of all, your son is a very smart boy, and he's very capable at building stuff. He's a good engineer, so I don't think him building it is going to be the issue. It's number one. Do you want to do you want to spend that? Number two, you have to find a place to display this where it's going to be safe because this no longer becomes a Lego that becomes oh we can put it in the drawer. A few pieces fall off, no biggie. This is going to no, no, become no, yeah. a collectible and a showpiece. So you're not only have to figure out the price and can he do it, but I think he can, it's going to be where the heck are you going to put this thing afterwards where you feel safe displaying this thing that took weeks to do and cost many hundreds of dollars. That's going to be the question.
1: The funny thing is he values his Lego based on the number of bags that it comes with. Like (laughs) Obviously when you were younger, you know, when he was younger and it came with one bag, it was like, oh, this is cool. Then he started realizing that the bigger ones have more bags. So he values it both on the number of bags and gets very excited, the number of manuals (laughs) required to actually assemble it because there's several, you know, several manuals with these larger ones. Do you know how many ones. bags
2: are in this, in this particular I don't set? Know, Do I, don't, I don't know, oh, but I yeah. can
1: only imagine that it's a, a minimum 10 to 30 bags. And then he values it based on the number of characters, the actual oh. little characters, the minifigures yeah. that, that it includes. So this yeah. is a really, really big one. But I think there's another Star Wars toy that you're going to clamor after that's a little bit more
2: attainable. No, you know what? It's a little more attainable financially, and I think a little bit uh, uh, easier to store in your home. So the Aflalo household gets all giddy about the Lego, and I get that. My kids were, you know, a little younger a couple of years back, and they went nuts for it, and I still love my Lego. But the folks at Sphero, <laughs> uh, you know, they, they made the original ball that you can control with it lit up, and you can control with your, with your iPhone or Android device. And, of course, they oh, made yeah. uh, the Sphero, with the BB-8 droid, uh, yeah. after the last Star Wars movie came out, well, to celebrate the latest Force Friday. They have come out with the Sphero version of R2-D2. And Mark... You and I have both seen this thing. You've both seen... I mean, it stands about seven inches tall. And when I, it's not like this Sphero BB-8 that rolled around, although the magnetic head staying on while the ball rolled around was a cool thing. Kind of a neat trick. Yeah. This thing looks like a fully realized... It's the R2-D2 toy that we all wanted when we first saw the original Star Wars movies. It actually has that retractable third leg. And again, it's controlled with your mobile device. So you press a button, that third leg comes down, and he's off to the races. It looks like something... And this is a compliment, you know, that the folks at that Hot Toys or Sideshow Collectibles would make. I mean, it's it's a stunning reproduction with full LED, full sounds. But, Mark, not only can you control where he goes and control paths on your phone, like draw a path with your hand and he'll follow that path, he can actually sit and watch the Star Wars movies with you and react to the exciting scenes when they happen in the movie. So he's programmed to react oh, wait, to Star really? Wars movies. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this thing, and I think there's an augmented reality feature that goes along with him. The sounds and the sound effects, the lighting effects are all true to R2-D2 from the movies. This is one of those stunning things. Now, it costs about, in U.S. dollars, about 179 U.S. dollars.
1: 249 um, dollars Canadian.
2: Yeah, and and for what again? For what you get, you're going to see this thing. If you're a Star Wars fan, and if you're a, a robot fan of any kind, you are just going to go nuts when you see this. You can go online; they're selling them at Apple stores. They're selling them everywhere. But I have a feeling again, not not that they're not going to make enough of them. It's going to be very popular. It probably will sell out quickly. So if you are hearing this now, go pre-order. Go order yours now because this R two D two probably will not stay in stock very long.
1: I'm ordering it right now. I'm, I'm, I'm actually no, using I, I don't Apple I see You see me doing it, right? Yeah, I you see you me doing doing it right now. now. Um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> some, some other cool announcements this week, some cool news. Um, this one always gets me kind of interesting, uh, kind of giddy. Is Amazon and Microsoft revealed plans to allow cross-access for Alexa and Cortana. So we've seen, obviously, the Amazon Echo speaker, which is the only one available in the US. and ca- In Canada, it's still Google Home, which, by the way, is one of those things that you could possibly uh, win on courtesy of your tech report if you go to YouTube.com. i, I got to tease people with that. i got to give them a reason <laughs> to go to YouTube.com slash your tech report. Um, but but
2: cross-compatibility and cross-support for Cortana and Alexa. That's pretty cool. And something I honestly am not sure how that came to be. Uh, yeah, I mean, how is this? How is this actually going to work logistically? I mean, I mean, they're trying to work so the future products will have that cross compatibility. It'll have both of the of the you know the the assistants built in. I'm not exactly sure how it's going to work, but it's, these are two companies that uh, they're, they're not direct competitors. Obviously, you know, uh, Amazon's more of a retailer, and you know, Microsoft makes software and hardware. But it's kind of cool on the consumer end to know that you're going to have you know. They had that compatibility, but I'm not exactly sure how these two giant companies came together to do this. But does it th- should is this something Apple should worry about now? Or are they are they on their own island with Siri because everyone else is surpassing them with their with their assistants? I don't know. I don't know how to feel about this.
0: I,
1: I, I'm honestly not sure either. Um, HomeKit, which we know is the Apple's you know, home smart home platform, yes. it's been around for quite some time, and more and more products now are becoming HomeKit compatible. The reason for this is because you no longer require this little chip. You have to still get certification from Apple, but you can do this with a software update, which is so cool, because it it means more and more products are going to be HomeKit compatible. And and the latest one is the company Netatmo that we talked about on the air a couple weeks ago. Um, I've got a product that I did a review on our our YouTube channel. Um, They're adding HomeKit compatibility to these cameras. And this this is a very, very cool just announcement overall because it's being done by software, not even the product. Just the whole ability to add HomeKit to something that already exists is just really cool.
2: Well, I mean, and that's, again, something that you were way ahead of the curve on. And this is the way that we can make products that have been out for longer than a week, a month, or maybe even a year, give them relevance throughout their life cycle, which is allow software updates that add compatibility in ways that they didn't have before. And this is a great example. So uh, it makes you feel it makes you realize that hopefully moving forward, we're going to see more products that ship with the ability to add these features through software updates. But bravo for, uh, you know, the TATMO having, you know, that ability to be added to Apple Home. Now, Mark, there's a company that you know we're, we're both pretty big fans of, and that company is called Lithium Cycles, maker yes. of the Super Seventy Three. Uh, you know, it, it's not an e bike. We call it's closer to an electric motorbike. It, it is an e bike, but it's not an e bicycle like you think of a bicycle. They look like these classic dirt bikes from the '70s, ergo the name Super Seventy Three. But you know, they've had some great products out. They've had some great e e bikes that are on the market, and. We recently, again, did a YouTube video where co-founder Michael Canavo actually came out to Woodland Hills. He brought two of them with, you know, he brought the Scout and he, I, mean, I think he brought the Rose Ave edition of the Scout and he brought the original Super 73 and we went riding together. It's a great piece, a great fun video. Well, you know, they had that Rose Ave edition that they did in conjunction with YouTuber Jesse Wellens. Yes. That was his, you know, his design ethic, the black and the red, the Rose Ave edition, and that was a limited edition. And I was kind of bummed because I know a lot of people that that didn't get a chance to get in on the Rosav edition. They wanted that bike not just because of the aesthetic and Jesse's influence, but because of the specs on that bike. Well, the folks at Lithium Cycles, they are smart people. They just announced the new Scout S1. Now, although it doesn't have the look of the of the Rose Ave edition, it's not you know the black with the red. That was just the Jesse bike they did for a short run. But in terms of the overall specs, the, you know the twenty mile per hour speed, the range of thirty five to forty miles, the the five hundred watt rear hub motor, those are all making their way into the Scout S one, which is up for order and pre order right now. Right now, it's uh I think it's on sale for about fourteen ninety nine. So if you want, if you were dying to get your hands on that Rose Ave edition, but you didn't get a chance, but you still want those same specs. The Scout S1 is definitely for you. It comes in a white and a black finish. Uh, It looks great. And I'm going to be heading down to Lithium Cycles uh, very soon to do another piece to show people what this S1 is all about and to let people see what the whole operation is of Lithium Cycles down in Tustin. So look for that video coming up in the next few weeks.
1: Now tell me about some headphone news as well from Astro, right?
2: Yeah, you know, uh, if you remember during E3, they announced those brand new A10 headphones, which took great Astro quality design, great Astro sound, and managed to put it in a headphone that costs sixty dollars for gamers. This is an incredible gaming headset for sixty dollars. Well, they applied that same ethic to the new wireless A twenty, which basically has a very similar design to the A ten, but adds the wireless functionality. So now you can have a wireless headphone, same great construction, same great sound. But here's the best part: you're not going to pay what you pay the you know for the eight. A- you know, I I rock the A fifties when I play on my Xbox yeah, One. Those cost close to three hundred bucks, right? This new A20 wireless headphone is selling for $149. I think it's going to be later this fall that we see the actual release, but if you're looking for a great quality headphone with all the Astro bells and whistles and that wireless ability, and of course the ability to work on either your Xbox One, your PlayStation 4, or wherever you want to use it, of course on your PC, that is coming out very soon for 100, 149 bucks mark. That's pretty impressive.
1: That's that's not bad at all. That's not, not bad, bad at all.
2: Not too shabby, yeah.
1: Uh, BMW revealed an all electric mini concept that we're going to see actually hit the market. Um, they're saying in around 2019. I mean, uh, is it just me or are we seeing way more of these electric cars being more mainstream, really hitting the uh, market we are. and just it's just it's all over the place. I'm seeing Teslas everywhere. I'm seeing Volts everywhere. I mean, this is just I think it's cool. I think it's finally cool to see all these cars around with the, you know, sustainability aspect of it.
2: Well, uh, what I love is when you see, like, traditional car manufacturers, people that have normally you wouldn't assume or would make their way into the E-game are doing it. You even told me the other day, Mark, you know, the, the E-Golf for example, is getting yeah. a lot of attention, correct? And that is something that I my, that wasn't even on my radar. I mean, I've been a GTI guy. But again, some of these features, some of the great features, some of the great tech, they're saving for the e-versions of the car. Even the interior design, they're doing special things for the e-car. So, yeah, I'm loving it. I, I love the fact that there are, there are options now. You don't have to buy a Tesla if you don't have the money for it. You can get something more affordable with better range, shorter range. So I more, the more e-cars, the better, as far as I'm concerned.
1: It is your tech report. He is Mitchell Whitfield. I am Mark flowers Flau- We've got a great show still coming. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back and speak to the CMO of Samsung, uh, all about the Note 8. Mark Childs is all uh, coming up. Plus, of course, YouTube.com slash Your Tech Report. You get to choose the giveaway. Tell us what you want to give away. It's all there. YouTube.com slash Your Tech Report. Let's take a quick break, Mitchell.
0: There's more Your Tech Report after this. Now, back to Your Tech Report.
1: Welcome back to Your Tech Report. Mark Flallow and Mitchell Whitfield with you. Follow along on Twitter. It is at Your Tech Report. Facebook.com slash Your Tech Report. YouTube.com slash Your Tech Report. Again, we're doing You Pick the Giveaway. That's our latest video we put up there. We got a bunch of product from Best Buy. We do a Best Buy review of the month. Well, we're giving you the opportunity to pick what that next product is that we're going to be giving away. And uh, and you could possibly win that. Plus, some very cool giveaways coming up in the next couple months. Mitchell. Yes, sir. Uh, we have a contributor to the show, John Cohen. He's in Toronto. Yes. He's done some stuff for us in the past. Um, he may be our on-site man at that September 12th media event um, in Cupertino. This is the first really? Apple media event that they're doing in the the newly named and the newly opened Steve Jobs Theater at their new yes. spaceship campus. Yep. And uh, we're expecting to see a whole bunch of things. Most importantly, is this new iPhone 8. What excites you the most about this, this product in particular?
2: Um, I've got to tell you, for me personally, the biggest, uh, the biggest point of excitement is the fact that I will get a larger screen in a physically smaller device than the 7 Plus that I right now walk around with. And don't get me wrong. The 7 Plus is a great phone, but it's a lot of real estate to navigate in the hand for a screen That isn't commensurate with the device's size. Does that make sense? I think there's a lot of... I think we've always said this. As much as we love uh, the iPhone, especially the 7 Plus, there is a lot of wasted space on that. You know, you have the big chin, you have the big forehead on that. Beautiful display, but not enough of it on that giant device. Imagine having a screen larger, a display larger than the 7 Plus... In a phone whose body is noticeably physically smaller and closer to the seven, to me that is a huge, huge victory.
1: We've been talking for years. I think this really goes back to the uh, the first Iron Man movie, when yeah. Tony Stark was in front of Congress holding up his phone, and he took over those two screens in that in that in that movie. Uh, and that movie was important for so many reasons. Obviously, it started the whole evolution of the Marvel franchise as we know it today exactly um, the
2: cinematic universe took off from that movie
1: yeah industrial light and magic who were doing all the CGI effects of everything for that movie and it wasn't only them it was a bunch of other companies so I don't want to don't don't yell at me if it's not only them so he had this this clear phone. All it was was a piece of glass. And obviously yeah. with magic about, of, of of cinema, they turned that into a phone. And ever since then, everybody was saying, oh, my God, when are we going to see this, this transparent glass phone? Or the, then that evolved into this phone that had no bezel whatsoever. It was just this small, all screen. small all screen. And, and this is something that is no longer a thing that we're going to yearn for because we've seen LG do it virtually with just the bars at the top we've seen samsung do it with their infinity display and now we're going to see apple's take on this this evolution of a phone and i'm curious you know i'm curious to experience that because it's going to be as you said this giant screen in this in the smaller form fac- factor and we're we're probably going to see it grow over time too because you know we've seen the miniaturization of phones and now we're going to see everybody's used to having a bigger phone but what excites you the most feature-wise i mean aside from that screen we don't know much more about the phone. We know that there's going to be Touch ID. Will likely be there in some form. Some some rumors and some images that I have don't leaked. I know. I
2: would I would not count on the Touch ID mark. I would t- I would more count on the scanning of your face. The you know the the re- recognition software that's going to recognize your face. To me, is much more likely because that's just using camera and software. They don't have to worry about putting you know because the big the big issue they've had is as far as again this is through rumor <laughs> innuendo. This is all through what nothing, we're gleaning. Nothing from what is. We've gonna- Confirmed. I, I always say this
1: every every year. I always say this. If someone comes to you and says, oh, I, I know what's going on. No one knows. No one really no. knows until that phone is announced, until it's released, it, because there are it, features in the software and things we just don't know about
2: exactly but if we are to believe what many people are saying and if enough people are saying it you sort of take it as a little more than a rumor you can take it on good speculation that it'll probably be this way we're hearing that the the home button is gone if that, 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 that physical button we've talked about this before that physical button being gone is more than an aesthetic choice because that button also required something underneath it sensors and it wasn't a physical button anymore it was a touch button even with the haptic feedback it required sensors and a vibration motor that would actually give you that sensory feedback, that takes up space. By removing that physical button, even a physical haptic feedback button, it allows the screen to drop down even further. So if that is gone and they can't find a way to use that screen in a way that will recognize any sort of fingerprint, then I think, you know, the visual recognition is probably the next best thing, and I'm I'm okay with that. I know people are going to go through the metrics of, well, what is technically more secure? Your fingerprint, or can people actually take a photo of you and use that to log you in and make a three-dimensional image? I don't know, but I'm hearing that the, you know, the visual recognition Recognition works really well, again, the rumor that we're hearing, and I don't mind if the home button goes away, because I'm sure they can replicate a lot of that functionality through software in iOS 11.
1: Listen, I'm seeing in in iOS 11, I've been using it for quite some time, on the iPad specifically, is they've replaced that whole dock on the bottom where you kind of just slide up and you get the dock. If that functionality is, is cross compatible to the iPhone, then it's going to be a natural progression, I think, for people. Plus, the ability to mimic a home button, if they wanted to, is there as well. And they're doing it now on the latest devices. There's no button there. It's not a button. It's just a little indentation. So you think there's a button there. And it's, it's doing it all via software, which they can, they can do as well. But we're seeing, and we've seen some images of that. Touch ID function working with the Apple logo on the back of the phone. And I think the reason we're going to see Touch ID remain is because of Apple Pay and because we've now spent four, three, four years training people that you press on this and that's how you authenticate purchases to now have to hold your phone up to your face while touching it to a pad seems a little strange.
2: Yeah, no, no, I, I totally get that. I, t- I just want to go back. I know you mentioned something the dock, and we're hearing that that dock is actually going to have its is, is actually going to make it to the iPhone. That we're going to see that same dock in iOS eleven that goes up and down on the iPad is going to make its way to the iPhone, and that that represents something interesting to me because the one thing Apple hasn't been able to do is unify having a, a, a real unified experience, especially between iOS and their desktop software, but even between the iOS on your iPad and the. IOS on your phone. Although they are both IOS, the experience has not been one-to-one. But if they do bring this dock in, and it's a very similar interaction with your finger, with your hands, in between the phone and the iPad, at least we're getting closer to a unified Apple experience. Don't you agree? Because it's something Microsoft actually has been able to do. And it's something that we haven't seen Apple truly be able to do yet.
1: I think we'll see that. I think iOS 11 and every software iteration is one step closer to the unification of these operating systems. And I also think that, you know, a lot of those rumors out there that say that we're going to see one day this this one piece of software across their their laptops and their mobile devices. I think we're going to see that division for 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 quite some time. Um,
2: Go ahead. No, no, you know what? You know what? You talk about. I'm really excited about on the hardware side. I know this is going to sound silly to some people. I want to see this new Apple TV, a 4K HDR compatible Apple TV, one of their products in the sub 200 dollar category, which for them is a relatively inexpensive product. Something I've been using a long for a long time, and something that I feel has fallen way behind other companies like Roku, Google. Amazon, all with their own streaming devices that tend to have more of a presence, which you talked about last week in the living room, but I would love to see this 4K Apple TV which will lead them into the next stage of their of their being, which is a content creator. A content creator of 4K content so it makes sense that they have a machine that they have a piece of tech that can actually play the 4K content that I'm sure they are soon to be creating.
1: But can they catch up? Can they catch up? Because they're behind now. You know, it's not only perception, it's reality. They're behind Roku, they're behind Amazon, they're behind a lot of these other manufacturers who have different
2: platforms. Can they catch up? I don't think they. I don't think they necessarily have to catch up in this particular area. I just think they have to create uh, a reasonable reason for people to want to buy an Apple TV again. Unique, they don't enough, don't have to unique as- enough
1: content that they can only get on the Apple TV.
2: It, well, that and just just give us just give us a streaming device that is actually technically up to par with the other devices, meaning 4K and HDR. If they can give us that, they don't have to catch up to Roku. They don't have to catch up to you know the Google, you know the Google device or the Amazon streaming device. They don't have to do that. They just have to give their existing customer base a reason to buy the next one. They don't have to beat anybody else. They just have to live up to what the, what people perceive to be the level of another Apple product. I think they, their, their nearest competition is themselves. Now, what about a third-generation
1: Apple Watch? Do you think this is the event that we're going to see the introduction of this watch? I think it is if the only upgrades are really going to be speed, processor, screen, like, yeah, addition of an LTE chip.
2: Uh, yeah, but I almost think that it isn't that big of a deal. I think this is the least interesting part of of what is rumored to be part of this keynote. A new app, and we, we just saw the Series 2 was not that long ago, and that brought a real step forward by putting the GPS in, waterproofing faster processor, a lot of innovation there. An LTE chip for a device that actually can't be used as a phone on its own, but would use that LTE chip for data. That's what people have to realize. It's on its own, it's not going to be its own phone. That would take too, much com- you know, more, too many components to put in there. But you're going to have an LTE device for data. Yeah, I guess, but to me, it's the least interesting part of this whole thing.
1: September 12th is when we're going to see Apple take the stage at the brand new Steve Jobs Theater at their brand new headquarters in Cupertino, California. Obviously, the new iPhone 8. We're expecting new iPhone 7 editions, iPhone 7S, perhaps. Perhaps it's just going to be iPhone 8. Maybe we'll just have iPhone 8, Apple TV, and Apple Watch. Who knows? It is your tech report. (laughs) you don't. Uh, it is your tech report. He is Mitchell Whitfield. I am Marco Flalo. Please follow along on Twitter. It is at your tech report. Facebook.com slash your tech report. Go to our YouTube channel, YouTube.com. Slash Your Tech Report. Subscribe to the channel so you can get in on all the giveaways that are upcoming. And if you check out that latest video that we posted today, if you're listening on Saturday, um, you get the opportunity to choose what our next giveaway will be because it's going to be a fun one. Plus, some very very cool things coming down the line. All if you're subscribed to our YouTube channel at YouTube.com/slash Your Tech Report. Coming up after a quick break, TomTom's updating all their wearables. We're going to speak to their product manager
0: Dan Lund
1: right here on Your Tech Report. Stick around.
0: There's more your tech report after this. Now back to your tech report. Welcome back to your tech report. I am
1: Marka Flallow. As always, joined by Mitchell Whitfield, who is not here for this segment, but it's okay because we have a guest on the line with us, and that guest is uh, from a company that we spoke to a couple months back. Back in April, we spoke to Jocelyn Vigro, who is the president of TomTom. TomTom, if you recall, is a company that I think we all remember from the you know original navigation units we had in our car, but they have expanded uh, incredibly so into the fitness area and the fitness wearables. And here to talk more about some very cool updates is Dan Lunn, Product Marketing Manager for TomTom. Dan, welcome to your tech report. How are you doing today?
4: Thanks, Mark. I'm doing well.
1: Dan, can you give us, give our audience a little bit of a refresher in terms of TomTom's focus on the wearable space and the fitness space and how it all came to be?
4: Well, Mark, we're actually uh, coming up on 25 years uh, of age Uh, So TomTom, as you mentioned, of course, uh, got its start in car navigation, where we certainly continue to uh, uh, bring uh, uh, those devices to the market. Um, And in 2011, uh, we partnered initially with Nike to uh, come out with our first uh, GPS uh, sports watch. So from then um, and over the past six years, uh, we developed our own product line uh, and really had some really cool firsts uh, to market. Uh, we started uh, with the wrist-based heart rate. Um, we added uh, the ability to have onboard music um, and really over the years have uh, developed um, some really cool features, certainly two additional ones we'll talk about today. But I think certainly at our core, uh, Mark, we're, we're really focused on keeping things simple um, and really in a very usable format for, for really anyone.
1: So let's let's talk about some of those new features. And I guess, I guess we'll start with the, the first one, which is fitness age. Can you tell us a bit about this and how it works and what it really does to benefit the consumer?
4: Absolutely. So really excited about fitness age. I think as we've, uh, you know, come and gone through uh, our journey over the years, We wanted to take that really next big step where we're not only just, you know, giving our users, you know, information about, you know, the activity as far as, you know, how many miles they might have uh, run or kilometers uh, and, you know, what was their pace, uh, et cetera, et cetera. We wanted to really uh, have them understand how fit they were and how they could learn about each of these workouts and how these workouts were impacting them uh, in, you know, as, as an individual. And take this information um, and really help them improve their fitness over time. So at the core of it, uh, Mark, is the heart rate data. So with the optical um, sensors that we have on the watch, we're getting all of this heart rate information when someone is in activity. Um, With this information, we combine it with their profile information, age, gender, weight, et cetera, and then the algorithm on the watch will essentially digest all of this information and give them what is basically referred to as a VO2 max number. Okay. yeah, so VO2max is a standard that's been around for many years. It's definitely one of the gold standards in measuring someone's cardiovascular fitness, right? It's what is someone's, uh, what is an individual's ability to kind of maintain a, a high level of fitness over, you know, X amount of time? But we, we wanted to get a bit more, uh, have this be a bit more fun. So... In, in addition to giving someone a VO2 max value, um, we're going to give them a fitness age. So ideally, everyone knows their birth age. What's, what we thought would be really fun, really motivating, is to give someone a fitness age and have them compare that fitness age, which hopefully would be younger than their <laughs> actual age. Yeah. And I think that would be pretty motivating for people.
1: That's very cool. I mean, it it brings a whole new level in terms of looking towards your actual goals versus just measuring the data, which is something I think that really does set it apart from what what else is out there. You got it. So Dan, how does one engage? How does one actually see the impact of what they're doing? So
4: what we did, Mark, is, you know, again, to make this fun, to make it motivational for our users, you know, we'll do what would be a points-based system. Again, we're... We want it, you know, to be fun. We want to be able to really engage with the user and, and get them motivated to get out there and get going. So what we do is by selecting one of our multi-sport activities, I'll use running for an example. If someone goes into our running activity, they start their their run, we've got three different buckets of, of points. So 100 points, um, between 100 points and 500 points is staying active, and they'll get a little audible, visual vibration cue from the the watch to say, way to go, way to stay active. Now if they keep going, once they get to 500 points, again, there'll be a really cool alert. We do some kind of visual um, stars, some, you know, digital cheerleading. Um, And you, you get above that 500 point threshold and we give someone a star for doing that. And what we're doing is we're really motivating people to get at least three stars over the course of a seven day period. So we know that that's a really good target, whether someone is just beginning or even for our more advanced fitness users, this will be a motivating way in which we'll communicate to them pretty consistently through that window as to how they're performing, how many stars they have or need to get, or maybe if they're going to lose one, what they can do in order to maintain that.
1: Now, does this work with um, you know their existing workouts, or I know there's some new workouts that are preloaded um, with the new, with the new update that's coming down the road.
4: The other piece, the other feature that will launch uh, alongside of Fitness Age is the personalized workouts. Equally, really, really excited about this. So this kind of goes hand in hand with the guidance that I've referenced, Mark. And that is in the communication, either via the app or via uh, your MySports account, we'll have these little coaching cards that say, hey, Mark, great job yesterday. We saw you got uh five hundred points. We would then recommend why don't you try one of the workouts? And what we're doing with the workouts, Mark, there are two types. We'll actually load fifty individual workouts that you can select um, select from. There's five different categories within those five categories, there's five levels from easiest to of course more difficult. Okay. And these are uh, essentially 25 for running and 25 for cycling. And with these workouts, we really feel that um, there'll be a really easy way to handhold someone through um, to get, you know, those points to maintain that fitness level and more importantly, see that fitness age go down.
1: Now, th- these new workouts and, and the whole fitness age, is it only, uh, uh, obviously, there's the app component and there's the desktop component. How are they seeing things visually?
4: Yeah, so on uh, the MySports account, um, which is our, you know, com. so web and app will actually mirror each other quite uh, closely. So the same kind of tiling effect that we have on web and will be reflected on app as well so someone could really spend most of their time just syncing the watch up to the app and viewing everything that they need uh, on the app itself we only save a couple activities um, for just the web and one of those is actually specific to workouts mark in addition to the 50 single workouts will have preloaded, we actually will give our users the option to fully customize a workout and they would be able to do that on, you know, of course, either desktop, laptop, in their MySports account, choose the activity, build out the segments, intensity, duration, et cetera, and then simply by connecting up to the watch uh... they can load that uh... workout uh... on onto the device uh, no. but yeah i mean it's it's really um, we are trying to in the best way possible um, really mirror the three pieces right so people will see the messaging be very similar across device web and app but we're certainly careful to keep things very simple on the device um, post and pre-activity you know, um, extra. You know, you know, working with the mobile app, and then anything they really want to deep dive into, you know, they can do. Uh, you know, sitting with a coffee afterwards, you know, on the laptop.
1: Now, TomTom Tom has a variety of different devices. Which specific devices will this be compatible with? So,
4: with um, the Spark Three lineup, um, the cardio uh, SKUs. So. Our Spark 3 cardio and our Spark 3 cardio music will take advantage of, um, of fitness age uh, and the personalized workouts and, of course, our adventure as well.
1: Very cool. And what about the actual availability? We're looking at September 27th. We're
4: trying our best to get it out um, mid to late September, so of next month.
1: Yep. Dan, thank you so much for joining us. We're excited to take a get, get hands-on with these updates and really give our listeners a, a first-person point of view.
4: Mark, thanks so much for having me today. And
1: thank you all for being part of this week's show. A very special thanks to Mark Childs from Samsung. Check out the Galaxy Note 8, available soon. You can pre-order that now. Of course, we'll give you complete coverage next week. Thanks to Dan Lund from TomTom. Tom. And on behalf of Mitchell Whitfield, I am Mark Aflalo. We'll see you again next week.
0: You've been tuned in to Your Tech Report. Join us again next week for another edition. And be sure to follow Your Tech Report online. Email us, contact at yourtechreport.com. Follow us on Twitter at Your Tech Report. Like us on facebook.com slash Report For the latest in breaking tech news and reviews, yourtechreport.com. The Podcast Super Friends is a monthly meeting of five podcast producers. Hi, I'm Catherine O'Brien from Branch Out Programs in Baton Rouge, Louisiana.
3: I'm John Gay from Jagged Detroit Podcasts. I'm Matt Kandel from the Sound Off Podcast Network. I'm David Yes from Pod Six One
4: Seven, the Boston Podcast Network. And I'm Johnny Peterson from Straight Up Podcasts.